thank you Hi, so girl. much everyone for joining us for another fitness manager report. Um, so this fitness manager report is all about helping you improve your teams, grow your teams and succeed with your teams. And I've had Patricia on my podcast and, and YouTube channel before. She's a brilliant mind, brilliant leader in the group fitness space. We spoke to mostly the group fitness space last time, which we will speak to a lot today. But when we do talk about the topic of bringing, taking clients and bringing them into your team of talent, how to do that, what it looks like and why it's important. Um, we'll also kind of hint at, you could do this with personal trainers as well. I've seen it definitely work in that, in that arena as well. Um, but a little bit about Patricia, she is the group fitness director for all of Las Vegas and the Henderson Valley, uh, clubs facilities, um, of athletic, the, the Las Vegas athletic clubs of those two areas, <laughs> Las Vegas and Henderson Valley. We got it. We got it. So it's a lot. I think it's over seven facilities, right? Seven facilities. Correct. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. I've overseen only three and I almost wanted to lose, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> so that's my max. Sometimes. <laughs> it's my max. Um, so, so impressive. And she presented at idea last year. We're going to see each other at this upcoming idea world in 2023. So really exciting um, to have her back on, but on the topic of basically taking clients, people who take our classes and who attend our sessions with our personal trainers to transfer them into being our talent or actually taking on those roles. I've had the experience of working with facilities, talking to instructors at facilities and managers at facilities where they're afraid to make that transition, to encourage clients to become instructors and personal trainers. And Patricia and I are on the same page as being that that's silly. It should be, <laughs> it's crazy. Like she said, should not be something you're concerned about. The two concerns they tend to have just to put them on the table are that, that by hiring that client, they are basically removing a member from their membership base. And I'll let Patricia speak to why that's silly in a second. And the second concern is that if it's kind of like hiring a family member, you know, how do you, if things start to go awry or astray, if, if they start to do, start doing things wrong and there has to be maybe separation or a difficult discussion, how do you do that when they used to be a client of yours? So Patricia, what are your first responses to those two challenges these communities or companies see? Well, I think that you're missing a huge swath of resources to uh, assume that that relationship may not work, right? So um, you can take that member who is clearly excited about taking group fitness classes and convert that member into a resource for your team. So it, it once we've done that, and we've done that in the past, and we're doing it to this day, um, the fear of losing that person as a member is really crazy. Because what happens is that person now brings in other resources for you or other memberships, I should say. So whether it's their, you know, their sister, or their auntie, their children, um, you're going to start to feed in, you know, it's feeding upwards, right? That person converts and now they're like, come to my classes, everybody in my family, come to my classes, my friends, my whatever. Um, and that may not be, you know, the case, but you're going to trickle in 
um, additional memberships from that person's conversion. And I think it's crazy not to, not to have that um, in your bailiwick, right? Mm-hmm. And the other, the, the other question about how do you manage that person, um, as a facility director or a manager or coordinator, you should have some boundaries, right? So whether that is a gentle policies and procedures manual that says as a group fitness instructor these are the things that we expect you to do or not to do and so everybody has to be invested in buying into those um, those concepts of how you run your department and if you ever have to have that discussion you still need to follow the process of an HR person, right? Whether you have an HR background, if you're in a small niche studio, you still need to have a process where, hey, Stacy, you did this and it wasn't the right way. Let's document this to your file. Hey, Stacy, you're still not doing this the right way. Let's go ahead and progress with that documentation. And at some point, if this person, my fictitious Nate Stacy says, I'm out, then, you know, that relationship has to be severed. And maybe that Stacy says, I'm going to go back and just have my membership. And we've had that done as well, right? Mm -hmm. Instruction just doesn't work out. Um, We separate ourselves from employer to employee, and then they just rejoin the masses in terms of becoming a member. So you don't ultimately, I mean, unless it's a really horrible breakup, which you want to avoid with those processes, right? Um, But you have to have some boundaries and some structure to say, once you become part of this team, here's what everybody has to follow, right? And you have to separate yourself from friend to manager. And I think that that's something that you ultimately have to learn how to do if you're running a business like that. But yeah, you're missing out on huge resources, if you don't start to convert some of those members, especially if you're an instructor teaching a class and you see two or three people in your group of 50 or 60, we have huge rooms. So we have a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I personally will pull those people aside and say, have you ever thought about being an instructor? Some say no. And then some say, yeah, I've been wanting to do this like for years. So you start to bring them into the fold and say, okay, let's go ahead and make this transition and see if we can work. Yeah. No. And I can't agree. I couldn't agree more. I think we both, because we can speak from experience, we've been able to hire members and have, I've had honestly almost no bad experiences. I mean, knock on wood at this point, but very, very beneficial employees and, and they, really understand our culture going into it because they've seen it performed well among our current instructors and and personal trainers so and they know what they probably want that is lacking you know and that they can give so exactly yeah you have to remember um managers and directors that they're looking at your ability your program from another viewpoint right they come to class they go to their favorite instructor they have an amazing experience and then they go home and now all of a sudden they're on the other side of that barrier and now it's like they have to take a different role right they now have to be a role model to the members and kind of follow the rules and lay up the lamp so it's up to us to kind of educate them and ensure that we really hone in on their investment of becoming an instructor and we can manage that really really well yeah exactly yeah and actually to that point once like you said once you pluck those people from classes or from sessions and you decide we'd love to give you this opportunity or to 
to test out what you have available to them, what is it that you offer people to kind of make that decision as to whether this is the right role for them? Yeah. So when we kind of see someone, so let me back up. We, we have what we call a group fitness um, education introduction, right? So it's kind of a workshop that we say, hey, if you're thinking about becoming an instructor, come take this workshop. Here's what we're going to expect you to learn. And those are some of the elements of how we move, um, you know, how we teach, what are the best things we do? We talk about music, we talk about movement, we talk about format. And then some of those folks go, nope, not for me. You know what? This is great. I'm just going to be a member. And then some of them go, yeah, this is exactly what I wanted to do. So we've converted people just based on that meeting to say, okay, I knew there was more to it than you guys looking amazing on stage. Um, and I'm in, I'm, I'm really invested. So we, we may have pulled in five of those people that say I'm interested and we may lose two of them that say, yeah, not for me. But now we've got three people that we can say, okay, we're going to get you mentored. We're going to sign you up with a team lead. We're going to get you signed up for some certifications so that you can actually teach a format. Um, and then we hand them off to what I call my team leads per format, right? Mm-hmm. So we start that mentoring program to get them ready. And we give them about three months because if you're brand new, and you're, you've never taught group fitness before, you'd be surprised at <laughs> the shock value. Oh my God, is this what you guys really do? So we give them about three months to kind of make that transition. And ultimately they have to do a final audition for me to say that they're absolutely ready. And then we bring them on board as an official employee and instructor. So we, we do, yes, make that, make that transition. I love it. Yeah. Hearing that whole process is awesome. Hearing that timeline of three months, that's great because I think that'll help a lot of people who are listening, who've never done this before go, okay, how long do I give them? How much do I give them? So with the actual certification, helping them obtain that, do you get really specific on what you want them to achieve? And then do you actually pay for that or compensate at all for that? Just curious. Yeah, so we have, um, I've got several uh, ACE approved courses that we offer Mm -hmm. in-house. And so we will put them through those individual workshops. So if there's someone that's, um, let's say, a yoga lover, well, I will tell them to go to Les Mills and take a body balance um, training. Les Mills is great when it comes to, you know, musicality and timing and that kind of thing. So that gives them their first intro Mm -hmm. in facing the members. And then the other one is that we have workshops that we develop in-house. As I said, they're ACE approved. You have to put a lot of work in there, send them to ACE. They either approve them or not approve them, but you do get CEC. So we, we want to show that these courses are of value, right? Now, we do charge them because we have to put some value on ourselves, right? Yes. So the ones that do pay, we realize, okay, they're invested in this process. And if they're invested in the process, that means that they're going to go further and further. Now, sometimes some of them just, they simply don't make it and that's okay. But I think as managers and directors, you have to have an honest discussion with those folks during that three month process, right? You have to gently say, I think you're amazing. Your energy is amazing, but this is, this is really not the avenue for you. So you have to be really, really mindful of having honest discussions. And so once they go through a program that they can relate to, whether it's cycle, we have a cycle approved, um, you know, ACE approved course, we have an aqua approved ACE, ACE approved course, we have a high intensity approved. So you've got to make sure that you're putting in the effort to kind of fold these people into your programming. And so you have to figure out what is 
Joe good at? Well, he's good at this hit training program and we're going to pull him into that workshop and then we'll mentor him or her from that point forward. So um, we, we want to put like with like, and we want to make sure that they're going to be successful at the end of that three months. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That suggestion of pairing them with the right mentor. That's so, so strategic, so smart. Um, And actually on that note, I mean, you've done such a great job describing all of it, but is there anything else that you would recommend when it comes to uh, the actual, so you've, like you said, explained that training process really well, you've done most of the onboarding. And then at that point they're with the team lead. What are some of the things that you ask the team leads to do with that instructor to kind of help them get to that point of being able to teach? Well, the team leads are going to get paid for their time. That's absolutely imperative because you have to make sure that your team leads are valued, right? Mm -hmm. So, but what I do is we carve out over the three months specific times that they're going to meet with that person, that they're going to meet with me, and that here are the things that, so there's a list of items you want that team lead to go through. So you should have that cornered down. And that team lead should be ticking off. Yep, yep, needs improvement needs improvement, et cetera, et cetera. So the team lead, you have to give them some time. You have to give them some, some flexibility. Um, but you've got to make sure that your team lead is the right person to do this transition. Right? Um, yes, we want people that have beautiful egos and they have their performance aspect, but you've got to make sure you, you pull back enough so that that team lead is someone that when you walk away, is going to manage that process for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it really be, it's it's marrying that team lead mm-hmm. to that person, and sometimes it just doesn't work, Stacey. I mean, let's mm-hmm. let's be fair. Sometimes it's a beautiful relationship, and sometimes it just isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so your point as a manager, you inter- intervene and try to figure out whether it's fixable. And if it's not fixable, you've got to let it go. You know, you just kind of move on into the next person, but you've also got to keep an eye on your team lead. So, because that's what they are. They're a team lead. They're not a manager. They're not your director. Uh, So you're managing that both processes at at the end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you mentioned pay those team leads because sometimes I think that's like that extra work and and necessary compensation we some places may forget about. Um, And you're so right about the, the managing of the team leads. (laughs) that are managing their time, right? Because they, it, sometimes some of our more talented instructors who may just know how to teach and just, they have a hard time sometimes, I think, explaining it or understanding how to help someone understand how and why it's happening. Um, and so I think that process potentially by being a team lead, if it works well, they might learn a lot. They might actually learn, okay, now I'm learning how to ex- actually explain to someone how I do what I do, why so many people take my classes, yeah, and then also help someone accomplish that, which is, I think, such a good relationship over time for the, and humbling for me. And humbling, yeah. yeah. And make sure your team lead actually wants to do this. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, we we see too. someone that is, ah, that's a, that's a great team lead, but make yep. sure that they actually want to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're not invested in it and they just want to teach and that's what you should respect. Yeah. Yes. That's so true. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so true. Cause you could lose someone if they're like, okay, what the heck are they thinking putting me in this thing, this role? I just want to like focus on this. And that is so true. That's so, so true. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Um, well, Patricia and I both hope <laughs> that we've convinced you if you were on the fence about this, 
I don't know, even just give it a try. Like what's going to, what's it going to hurt if you have these two fears or maybe more fears share in the comments, if you have additional fears that you'd love us to address or respond to, but I can't, we cannot encourage you enough to take this leap to, um, to invest in your clients and potentially bring them onto your, your team. Um, anything else you want to share that you can, you can think of Patricia about this topic? Just curious. Well, I, I, I just think that, you know, that ultimately leads into them being a part of your audition and then being a part of your resources, right? So we are, as group fitness directors and managers, are having a tough time recruiting group fitness instructors these days. And it's really become a challenge for us. Um, I do open auditions. We have one coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, and I use every resource that I can to get that out there. I use our marketing team. And now some of you may not have a marketing team, so you may have to become your marketing person. Um, I use my instructors, you know, here's a link, here's the time, here's the location, share it with everybody that you possibly can. Um, and we're, I think we have about 45 people signed up for the open audition. And that is for everything. That's for dance. That's for less smells. That's for cycle. That's for yoga. So come June 3rd, I will hopefully would have hired some of those people, right? Um, But don't be afraid of open auditions. Even if sometimes you get a low turnout, Mm -hmm. you might still be able to hire from that low turnout, right? Mm -hmm. But on the front end of those open auditions, you've got to put the legwork in, give yourself enough time. We started advertising this, oh my gosh, about a month or so ago. I send out links once a week. I send out links to my instructors. They're probably sick of me sending out links. Hey guys, don't forget to share. We put this on our Facebook pages, our Instagram. So, um, and then we create a landing page that says sign up for the auditions. It's free and let us know what you're going to be auditioning for. So it's really, you've got to put the legwork in ahead of time to get those people to show up to your auditions yeah it's gonna be yeah. it's a lot of work and it can be frustrating when six people show up but you know it is what it is yeah you know, that's amazing people. i love that process and getting your instructors involved is is wonderful too because they may announce it in their classes and this whole topic of potential clients that didn't even know that that was happening they might go this is my opportunity yeah. so um and you should be using your instructors to blast out any messages that you may have, right? Even if it's those, hey guys, you know, Patricia's having a meeting about whether or not you want to have, want to become an instructor. Get your instructors to post that on their, on their pages. Get your instructors to announce it at the beginning of their meetings. So they have to be your mouthpiece if you want to get some success and getting people in the door. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much as always for jumping on, being a part of the fitness manager report. We thank you so much. The audience, I'm sure really thanks you. So um, we'll be sharing this recording everywhere as well as on the podcast and in the future in uh, future uh, recordings on my, you know, annual or monthly newsletter, all kinds of, all kinds of places. But I also wanted to share. So our next interview we're meeting um, with Tamara about um she's someone who after my leading and guiding potentially clients or instructors with disabilities helping them become potentially instructors or helping them have a better experience um i did that more recently with another client another um guest but tamra in the fitness industry she's going to be our next guest next month um the i think later end of june um, I can't remember the day and time exactly. I've been more flexible on that, but
but she's going to be speaking to how her specific experience of teaching as an instructor being diagnosed with MS. So mm -hmm. how that went, how she's doing now, how to take care of yourself if you happen to be an instructor with that challenge. So I um, want to preface with the next interview. Definitely don't want to miss that. Thank you again so much, Patricia, for your time. And I'll see you, and I'll see you at IDEA.